Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you. And you know, if you're a sinner saved by grace, you have something to rejoice about. Uh, no matter what is going on around us, we can rejoice and thankful for that. Here we are in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's read the text verses again. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And here tonight, as we look at this passage of Scripture, these believers were in a time of trouble. Uh, they had... They had in chapter 4, we know that there were uh, some of their loved ones that had passed along. They had already passed away. And then Paul had to come to them and tell them about the rapture, uh, that the Lord was coming back. Those that had died in Christ, the dead in Christ will rise first. And so uh, as he is telling them that, of course, the Lord knew exactly what their next response would be. Well, Lord, just get us out of here. Save us from these problems. You know, you and I, it's easy for us just to want to, for God to get us out of our problems. And I think about uh, these, these last eight months. Here we are again online. And it's, it was exactly, as I said again, uh, this morning, exactly eight months ago today, was when we shut down for the first time uh, with the, uh, with the uh, stay-at-home orders. And on that Sunday, uh, I preached a message entitled, What If? What if? And the points were, what if COVID comes to me? And for some, we have some people that that has been the case. What if COVID is a rod? As we we're looking in the passage of Scripture and how that there was, uh, there was a chastening hand, and maybe that chastening hand, that rod of correction, was what God was going to use to get our attention. What if COVID was not just a rod? What if COVID is a sword? As in just absolute judgment on a nation that has turned its back on God. And then the last point was what if? God or COVID brings revival. What if COVID brings revival? Now, here we are eight months in, and COVID has not brought revival. Here we are eight months in, and the what ifs have not gotten smaller. The what ifs have gotten bigger. The uncertainties have continued to grow. And there are many what-ifs in life, but over the uh, past eight months, the what-ifs have continued to grow. Uh, why? Because what-if scenarios are inexhaustive. You can never tap out the what-ifs. You know, we can't live by what-ifs. You know why we can't live by what-ifs? Because what-if scenarios they are not just inexhaustive. The what-if scenarios are exhausting. They're exhausting. 
and uh, they, they bring great fear. What if scenarios bring fear? What if scenarios uh, bring anxiety? What if scenarios bring depression? What if scenarios bring no hope? And tonight we're going to look at eight things that I find in this passage of Scripture on what we can do until the Lord comes back. So while there are problems, what are some things that we can see that will help us to continue to move forward as Paul was uh, con conveying to these believers who wanted the Lord just to come back? And aren't you ready for the Lord to come back? Uh, I was talking with a preacher friend this morning, and he was saying, Brother Kerry, he said, he said I, I have a lot of things that I want to still do. He said, but now... All of them have paled in comparison to me just wanting the Lord to come back. And that really ought to be the case for all of us. Our heart should be drawn towards the Savior that we just want to see Him. And the things of this world should start losing some of their intensity. They should lose some of the hold on us of the things that we want to do, the things that we want to see, the things that we want to accomplish. And so at the end of the previous chapter, Paul was teaching about the resurrection and the rapture of the believers. So let's go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and look with me at verse number 15. 15. Uh, I'm going to preach to you on the subject, a what-if world. A what-if world. And let's pray. Father, we pray that you'd bless now. Use this, uh, these truths, your word, to be a help to your people. I pray that you would encourage us. I pray that you would uh, just cause us, Lord, to, uh, to, to grow in our faith, to take some uh, steps forward. And may we, we uh, be stable and stand fast in the Lord. And so I pray that you'd help us, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. So here... Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, look with me at verse number 15. The Bible says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, verse number 18, just stop and think about that for a second. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. There are some words, there are some things that we are to be doing, and one of the things that we are to be doing is to comfort one another. Uh, why? Because there are burdens in life, there are problems in life, there are the what-if scenarios, and with that, uh, we need to be comforting one another. But what is it that brings comfort? The Lord's coming back. He's coming back, and that brings comfort. That brings comfort, just knowing that we are going to see Him. And whether or not we live a ripe old age uh, to, to be at least 52 years old, I don't know, uh, to live to be an old man at uh, 52, Brother Jordan's not listening, so it didn't do any good there. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, we don't know how long our life is going to be, but what we do know is that one day, if you are a child of God, you are going to see Him. 
You're going to see him. You're going to see him either uh, when he takes us home to heaven or you're going to see him uh, at the rapture. Now, I would just as soon go by the upper taker than the undertaker, and I would just as soon see the, the, the Lord come back uh, in the clouds. That would be an amazing thing. See the dead in Christ rise uh, and be caught up together. That is going to be a miraculous thing sight. Uh, it's going to be a little spooky if you stop and think about it, uh, sort of like uh, uh, walking through a, a graveyard. Uh, has anybody ever walked through a graveyard at night? Yeah, they're, they're a little spooky. We had uh, my aunt and uncle, they had a house and their backyard was a graveyard. And so the cousins, it was always the dares were always going across this graveyard at night. And you're tough until you get away from the light of the back porch. And, and all of a sudden, when you can't see anything anymore, all of a sudden it was a spooky place. But uh, the Lord's coming back and it won't be spooky. Uh, but I am looking forward to the Lord coming back. I, I'm ready for the corrupt uh, and political leadership of this world. I'm, I'm ready for that whole mess to be done with. I'm ready for the freedom uh, of this old sin-cursed body uh, to be done with that. I'm ready to see the Savior uh, for whom I have served now for, for these 37 years. I'm ready to, uh, to, to be out of here and to be with the Lord. But if He's not ready for me yet, i got to keep on serving. I've got to stay faithful. And so what are some things uh, that uh, we can do? You see, uh, right now, uh, it, is not, it is not God's plan for us to change to meet the need or to meet the, the, uh, the sway of this world. You and I, as the world waxes worse and worse, we should become more different. We should become uh, more unique. Uh, we should become more uh, peculiar. Now, these believers were so excited about the Lord's return and their deliverance that the, the Apostle Paul had to continue this admonition in verse number or chapter 5 uh, that uh, was telling them that they, would, uh, that they needed to keep focusing on uh, serving him uh, when the Lord would return. So we need to remain focused on the Savior uh, no matter what the situation. So let's look at some things tonight that I think will be a help to us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, look with me at verse number 12. Verse number 12. He says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their, their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. He goes in in verse number 14, and there's some exhortation. Uh, so here in verse 12 and 13, uh, I just wanted to stop and thank the Lord for uh, that response. We're seeing that here at Bible Baptist Church right now. Uh, it's a blessing uh, to see these verses uh, come to fruition as the Apostle Paul uh, was talking and speaking uh, as a spiritual leader, uh, and he was admonishing them to uh, to follow the speeder, the spirit spiritual leadership uh, and to know them and then uh, the those that were over them and so uh, with that I, I have I have seen that to be the case 
uh, with our staff, with our faithful men, uh, our leadership, our people. It's just been a blessing to be able to see uh, just the sweet spirit uh, of, of the people of God. And there is a relationship there. Uh, the Lord says to know them which labor among you. Uh, then you have to receive. Uh, they are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And then the response there was to esteem them very, very highly in love for their work's sake. And it's just a, a blessing to be able to serve the Lord uh, in a church family where uh, there is love and support and, and uh, just uh, encouragement and thankful uh, for that. So here in these days, though, uh, what did Paul tell them to do in this interim between the burdens and the Lord's return? Uh, so look at verse number 13. He said, to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and to be at peace among yourselves. So I want you to see, first of all, uh, what are we supposed to do uh, with, with these times? Between now, uh, where there's problems and there's uh, pressures, uh, what are we to do? Number one, we are to be at peace among ourselves. Be at peace among ourselves. Uh, you know, uh, this should be the normal of God's people. We ought to be at peace. There ought to be peace between God's children. Now, I don't know about you, uh, I've got an older brother and a younger sister. And sure, we had our ups and downs, but the, the, the home was not turmoil. I mean, we would get, my brother and I, we'd get into fights, and I would, I'm not talking about uh, he touched me, she touched me, or uh, calling names. We would, we would go at it. And uh, so uh, we had our times, uh, but at the same time, that was not normal. You know, as believers, Paul here is telling them, uh, in these times of struggles and burdens and problems, and between the time that the Lord is going to come back for us, he said, listen, you need to be at peace among yourselves. And you and I, we need to work at that. Uh, we ought to have peace. Now, the word peace here uh, is literally to have harmonious relations, freedom from disputes. Freedom from disputes. He said, well, I won't have any disputes if everybody will do things the way I want them. And that's usually what our attitude is. But the Bible says, only by pride cometh contention. And the reason we don't have peace is because we have pride. And the reason there is not that peace is because we want our will to be done. And the Lord says, have peace uh, among yourselves. There ought to be peace. Be at peace among yourselves. Uh, the Lord said uh, during his uh, Sermon on the Mount, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. That means that we have an opportunity to bring peace. Are we bringing peace or are we bringing strife? Are we, are we bringing things down or are we elevating problems? The Lord said, be at peace among yourselves. And you know, as believers, we ought to be really working at this. Uh, there are people who are contentious. There are people that are always trying to stir things up. Let me tell you, that is not God's plan. 
That's not God's plan. It's not God's plan for you to do it at church. It's not God's plan for you to do it at home. It's not God's plan for you to do it on Facebook. Uh, it's just not God's plan. He doesn't want us to be stirring up strife and to create division and problems. He wants us to be at peace among ourselves. And that is something that we have to work at, uh, be at peace. So what can we do uh, in this uh, what-if world? Uh, number one, be at peace. Number two, prepare. Prepare. First Thessalonians 5, verse 14 and 15, he said, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient to, toward all men. See that none render evil unto e, uh, evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. So here he is saying, uh, we exhort you, brethren. What's he saying? Prepare. Prepare how you are going to respond with the issues of life. There are going to be some unruly. I exhort you, warn them that are unruly. How do you warn somebody who's unruly? You know, when somebody is unruly, if you don't deal with it properly, you don't fix the problem, you make a bigger problem. If you do nothing with somebody that's unruly, you are just burying your head in the sand. And it's just going to get bigger. What do we have to do? Paul is exhorting them to do these things. So what does that tell us? I need to prepare to be able to deal with the issues of life. I need to know what my responses are, are going to be. I need to know what I believe, why I believe it, and how I'm going to communicate that. He's telling these people to warn uh, to warn them that are unruly. What's he telling them? Hey, you're going to stand before the Lord for your actions. This warning, it's not a going around, you know, the people, people that uh, are unruly. Uh, oh, you guys are so judgmental. Well, how do you warn the unruly if you don't know who the unruly are? We have to make righteous judgment. Judging is a biblical teaching. We're supposed to. Come out, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. How do you know who to come out with or come out from if you don't make a judgment? You see, judging is not an unspiritual thing. It is unspiritual to be hypocritical. And in that judging, when you have a beam in your eye and you are looking for a sliver in somebody else's eye, that's where that judging, it's hypocrisy. It's not honest judgment. It's not righteous judgment. It is not trying to help somebody. And so here, the Lord is, or the Apostle Paul is telling them, he's exhorting them to prepare. Uh, what were they prepared for? They needed to warn the unruly. They needed to deal with discipline. They needed to deal with problems uh, within their own life and those that they connected with. And he's talking about believers. Just because we're saved does not mean we are right. 
And sometimes we are the one that needs to be corrected. So uh, warn the unruly. He goes on. Uh, what are some, some other things I need to be prepared to do? Comfort the feeble-minded. There are people around us all the time that need somebody to help them. They are mentally frail. They are mentally weak. It doesn't mean they're a weak person. You can be feeble-minded. There have been days where I've been very feeble-minded. Not clear. Not confident. So here, this comfort the feeble-minded, there are people, we ought to be, we ought to know how to help somebody. You see somebody is coming, going through some problems. Where is the comfort? You say, well, I just don't know what to say. That's a cop-out. Because Paul is saying, listen, until I come back, there are problems you're going to have to deal with. And since you're going to have to deal with it, you need to be prepared how to deal with these things. Support the weak. Be patient to all men. Do you ever pray for patience? No. But do we need help having patience? Sometimes we just expect everybody to be right where we are. But the problem is we are not where we think we are. And here this, being prepared. I think about uh, uh, just, uh, we, we all have to, uh, to prepare to help other people. Be patient to all men. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, the Bible says, Charity suffereth long and is kind charity envieth not charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up what are we doing we're preparing so we know how uh, to deal with people uh, that are uh, that are needy galatians 5:22 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness temperance against such there is no law uh, and and he says here that we need to be patient to all men we're not to reward evil for evil we need to prepare how we are going to respond when evil comes our way. When we are mistreated, how are we going to respond? We have to prepare ourselves for that. Because it's not if we will be mistreated, it is when. We need to prepare. We need to prepare. Paul was telling them uh, that they, he exhorted them to be able to deal with these things. He said uh, that they needed to follow that which was good. He's exhorting them. We need to make sure that we are, we are keeping our frame of mind proper so we can continue and be faithful till the Lord comes back. Uh, so he said, follow that which is good among yourselves. Uh, that's the believers. Among all men, that's our humanity. That's uh, all humanity. That's the community. So we need to prepare our heart. We need to prepare our soul. We need to prepare our mind to be able to deal with issues in life. So when they come up, we know how we are supposed to act. Be prepared. On Thursday, I was down at the sheriff's department, and 
And as uh, went down as part of their uh, swearing-in ceremony, we had a couple new employees for the department and uh, was down there with them and prayed uh, during that ceremony. And so as I was down there and I pulled in the parking lot originally, uh, there were SWAT vehicles everywhere. There was, there was uh, deputies that were there. They had an, uh, a... Uh, they had a um, uh, what kind of vehicle would that be? But it was a, one of their SWAT uh, armor-plated vehicles. It was there, and they were all getting ready for a hit. And so I was talking to the uh, uh, one of the uh, lieutenants and uh, just uh, about the issue that was going on. Let them know, be praying for everybody's safety as they were uh, going into an unsafe environment. And so uh, here, the SWAT team, uh, these these guys and ladies, they were all prepared to go do a job that was a very dangerous job. But with that, there was a special amount of training that they all had to go go through. Why? Because they couldn't stop and think through everything every moment. They had to have that training so when something happened, they knew exactly what they were going to do in every situation. And all this training prepared them so when the problems arose, they knew exactly what their response was going to be and everybody else on the team knew exactly what their response was going to be as well. And so that, that just helped keep everybody safe. Now, in, the, in our lives as believers, we are to be prepared we are to train, we are to get ourselves ready to be able to deal with these issues that he brought up. So until the Lord comes back, uh, we need to uh, be at peace. We need to be prepared. Thirdly, we need to praise. Praise. Look at verse number 16. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. How, how do you rejoice you stop and think about how good God is. You stop and think about how good God has been. You think about all the blessings. What happens when you start praising the Lord? It changes. It does not change your circumstances, but it does change your heart. It changes our outlook. It changes our mindset. And so as we are down here, until the Lord calls us on home, until that trumpet sounds, until the dead in Christ rise, what are we to do? We are to be at peace. We are to be prepared. Uh, but we are to be praising the Lord. The word rejoice here is literally the feeling of joy and happiness. The feeling of joy and happiness. You know, we talk about, uh, oftentimes, we sort of ignore the emotional side or treat the emotional side as though it's unspiritual. God gave us our emotions. And here he's telling us that we need to have the feeling of joy and happiness. God wants us to enjoy this life. He wants us to have joy. Joy is not just the absence of problems. In the absence, even though we may have problems, if, if we have the presence of God, we can have joy. And that's here, he's telling them uh, to have joy uh, and happiness, rejoice in the Lord, joy in the Lord. A praising person is a joyful person. They're a joyful person. 
A complaining person is a negative and anxious person. Just stop and think about the complainers that we know. Everybody knows complainers. Sometimes it's us. And you know what? Why do we complain? When we complain, we are raising the anxiety in our life. And we don't want to be anxious. We don't want to be worrying. We don't want to be stressed. We can put any of those words uh, for, for anxious. It sounds a lot better to be a little bit anxious than it does to be stressed. Uh, but, but here, uh, being stressed out, uh, this, this, is, this is what God is saying. Listen, that's not how he wants us to be. He wants us to joy in the Lord. He wants us to rejoice. And the rejoicing is not only in good times. He said rejoice evermore. Evermore. Do you think evermore included some problems? Absolutely. Does evermore include 2020? Does evermore include COVID? Does evermore include online services? Does, does evermore include just the problems that we face? Does evermore include masks? Now I'm meddling. Uh, but uh, here, uh, it, it includes all of it. Rejoice evermore. So what are we to do? Uh, be at peace. We need to prepare. We need to praise. Fourthly, we need to pray. We need to pray. Verse number 17 and 18, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What was it? Pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. So, so here, the admonition, the admonition was a continual state of being. Uh, the rejoicing was rejoice evermore. It's continually. Uh, the praying, pray without ceasing, that's continual. In everything, give thanks. That is continual. So all of these things, that's supposed to be normal in the life of the believer. We are to be uh, rejoicing. We are to be prayerful. We are to be thankful. And that should just continue. That should just be a part of who we are. It shouldn't be something that we do it should be a part of who we are. Years ago when uh, the Bluetooth technology was first coming out, I was standing in a grocery store and there was a guy standing in front of me and he, he turns and he makes eye contact with me and he says, hello, how are you doing? And so I respond. And he sort of looks at me with a funny look and turns his back on me. I mean, well, that was weird. Here he is, he engages me in conversation, and then he just turns around and, you know, ignores me. Well, then all of a sudden, he turns back around, and he's looking right, I couldn't tell if he was looking at me, or behind me, or through me, or what, but he asks a question, and I'm thinking, this question doesn't, 
I don't know this guy. Why would he be asking me this question? And I don't remember what the question was, but he asked me this question, and I'm thinking, there's no way that he's asking me this question. So I turn around, and I look behind me, and there's nobody there, and I turn back, and he's looking right at me. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then he looks at me again like I'm some idiot, and uh, he points at his ear, hello, and uh, that he was on the phone with somebody else, and I'm like, and then he turns back around, and I'm like, you're the idiot, you're talking to nobody here, and he's looking at me like I'm the idiot because uh, I didn't know he was on the phone, and so, you know, but here he was, he was in this continual conversation, uh, and nobody else was physically there. Do we ever just talk to the Lord? driving down the street, walking down across the parking lot. As we go through our normal day, do we talk to the Lord? We need to be a praying people. We need to be communicating with the Lord. You and I will not stay faithful to the Savior up until the rapture if we're not going to talk to Him. We've got to pray. We've got to pray. So here, uh, this prayer, uh, we need to be praying. Uh, so be at peace. Be uh, prepared. Praise. Pray. Uh, fifthly, pursue. Pursue. Verse number 19, quench not the Spirit. Quench not the Spirit. You know, we need to be seeking the Spirit's leading in our life. We ought not be looking to quench his working. Uh, quench not the Spirit. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Uh, we are not to grieve the Spirit of God. We are not to quench the Spirit of God. Uh, don't, don't become negative uh, in our lives and uh, don't be negative uh, in our countenance and in our communications. Uh, we, need to, we need to not be, uh, we don't need to be, uh, uh, my phone is ringing and I've gotten off track there, uh, but uh, uh, we, we need not to be uh, uh, allowing our own problems to cause us to be grieving what God is doing. Do you think that God can use problems to bring honor and glory to him? Think about the, the life of Job. Think about when God looked at Satan and said, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Now, Job was unaware of this entire conversation. Job was unaware of God's purpose and God's plan. God was going to hold Job up as a trophy and showing that there are people that love God no matter what happens to them in life. But Job didn't know that till the end. You know, there are problems that will come up in our life and we might not recognize that God is working, but do we trust that God is working? Could the Spirit of God really be working and we just don't get it? Absolutely. Quench not the Spirit 
of God. Don't become negative in our countenance. Don't become negative in our communication. We don't, we don't know what the Lord's doing. And he, he may be trying to accomplish something that is far beyond what we think uh, we, or what we see. Uh, do we believe that God is in control? Is he in control? Amen. Uh, we need to look for his working. We need to see his working uh, and, and look for uh, his plan to be revealed to us. But there are times where God is not going to show it to us. Uh, we need to quench not the spirit in our life. We don't want to quench the spirit. And in others' lives, we don't want to quench the spirit. So what are some things that we can do? Uh, we need to have peace. We need to be prepared. We need to be praising. We need to pray. We need to pursue we need to promote. Verse number 20. The Bible says, despise not prophesying. Despise not prophesying. Now, in our day, we can just say, well, there's no more prophesying. God's word has already been given. In this day, God was still bringing his word about. And so with that, the prophesying, the revealing of God's word, now people were, were alive and they were witnessing God's word being brought to man. And the Lord said, don't despise this. Don't minimize the importance of what I am giving to you. Now, you and I have God's word. But just like they could despise the prophesying, they could reject it. They could have said, no, uh, we have Moses and the prophets. They could have said that. But the New Testament was still being written. It was still being revealed uh, to mankind. And the word here, when it says despise not, it means to treat the word of God or to treat the revealed word of God with contempt or disdain. You say, well, how would we treat God's word with contempt? Do we listen? Do we receive? Or do we reject? If we reject what God's word says, we are despising the prophesying. We are treating it with disdain. And so here, when God's word comes to us, do we receive it or we reject it? Now, that's a question that all of us have to ask for ourselves. He said, despise not uh, God's word, to treat it with contempt, to, dis, uh, to show disdain towards that. And God's will is revealed and should be manifested in our lives. So the teaching and preaching of God's word should bring about conviction. It should bring about conversion. It should bring about confession. It should bring about conformity uh, to his word. We need to be allowing God's word to, to have freedom in our lives and so it should be elevated it should not be disdained it should not be minimized it should not be disregarded so it should be elevated so uh what are we to do we're to have peace among ourselves we're to prepare we're to praise we're to pray we're to pursue we're to promote seventhly we're to prove verse 21 prove all things Hold fast that which is good. 1 John 4, 1. 
Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Ephesians 5.10, the Bible says, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. 1 Corinthians 2.11, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Verse 15, but he that is spiritual judgeth all all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. We are to prove God's word to be true. We are to live it out. We are to allow his word to show itself true to this world. God's ways work. They work. And when we follow his ways, they're blessings. God blesses obedience. Mrs. Brown and I are still married, not because I'm a good husband, though I am. (laughs) Just teasing. We are still married because God's ways work. That's it. It's not because she's smart. It's not because I'm smart. No, it's just do things God's ways, and it works. It's, it's amazing. It's like getting the cookbook out. And not saying that everybody could make everything. There are definitely some tricks of the trade. Uh, but you know what? I can make mac and cheese. I can make hot dogs. I can make ice. Smoked cheese, yes. Uh, no, there are things that, that we all could make uh, just by having a recipe. It's, there are a lot of things in life that it doesn't take a rocket scientist. But if we just follow God's plan, what happens? His word is proved in and through our lives. And when the world looks at us, it's not for them to see us as anybody special. It's for them to see that there's a special God who loves us and cares about us and has given us the instruction manual for life so we will know how we ought to live. So prove. Lastly, we need to protect. Protect. Verse number 22, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. We need to protect. We need to protect our our lives. We need to protect our heart. We need to protect our family. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand, uh, with, to be able Able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and let your feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is 
the word of God. We need to protect our hearts. We need to protect the life that God has given to us. The devil wants to destroy. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. But I am come that they might have life and that, that they may have it more abundantly. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 23. The Bible says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Verse 24 is on my office wall. You know, there are times when we can't see what God's doing. But what we can know is that God is in control. God's not surprised by any of our surprises. The what-ifs that the world and circumstances of life may throw to us, God has the answer. He knows what's around the corner. God is faithful. God is faithful to do it. Well, what is it? All that he's called us to do that we can't do. He's faithful. You know, he calls who God calls. He also equips. But as God calls and equips, he doesn't expect us to do it on our own. And that's where you and I need to trust him. So here are these eight things that Paul was given some instruction to these believers. They knew that the Lord was coming back. But instead of just focusing on the Lord's return, they still had a purpose to live. They still had a life to live. And if the Lord tarries his coming for a new, another 2,000 years... I can't see how that would be the case. But if he does, we need to stay faithful. We just need to keep on being faithful. Peace, prepare, praise, pray, pursue, promote, prove, and protect. Let's just be faithful. We live in a what-if world, but we do not have a what-if God. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. I pray that you'd just help each and every one of us to, uh, to just take some of these instructions and uh, use them in our own lives to be better uh, prepared to deal with the circumstances. Help us to keep our, our focus on you that, Lord, you are coming back and we want to anticipate that. Uh, but at the same time, I pray that you'd help us just to stay faithful to you until that day comes. I pray that you'd work now in the hearts of each person uh, as the Spirit of God has uh, led to this message. I pray the Spirit of God would work in each heart. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. As the instruments play, if the Lord spoke to your heart, just right where you're at. You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message.